This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 21st of September, 2023, and today it's all about Amazon. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? Excited, sir. Very, very excited. How are you? Are you excited? Why? What are you excited for? What do you mean? What? You've just introed it because of the Amazon event ofs. Oh, yeah, that. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I loved it. It was great um, fun. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Can I just say, I've got to say, well done to Amazon, though. Congratulations for what? Yeah, before, but, but hang on. Let me tell you why I'm uh, saying this is good news before we get into the cheating. I know what you're going to say. Go on. I've got to say, uh, so we had the press event yesterday and we had we, we, we got to go. We got to go. I'll say go. I mean, it was online. Yeah. So, you know, we got, got to, to watch you know, via a link. And, and yeah. listen to it. And listen yeah. to it, yeah. Uh, but, you know, often when you do these press events, you're just kind of hoping that you'll get the most out of it that you can get. And, you know, thankfully there are press people on hand who will answer questions in the chat box and all that. And that's good. And I can do that. And that's fine. But there was audio description on the press event. Audio oh. description. Oh. Yeah. Uh, not only that, Stephen Scott, there was live audio description. This just wasn't someone pressing a button to play a specific line of uh, whatever. This was someone actually doing it Live, and you know yeah. what? I loved it. So I, I haven't laughed so much it in was such hilarious. a long time. It was. <laughs> it sounded like someone at Amazon said, "Right, you get in there and describe this." And they were, uh, "Where's that uh, intern?" They were so Come nervous and quiet. Yeah, it was hardly the most enthusiastic, but as you said. At least they had it. Listen, I, I, the 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 fact they even bothered to do it is incredible. Uh, so you know, I, I think the fact that it even existed, it was also available with ASL um, and also captioning as well. So that was absolutely fantastic well, they for a press event. Good for yeah. them. No, absolutely. And I think they right, rightfully got me pressing the applause button for that. I hope you appreciate that, Amazon. You're welcome. Next time you're late with my delivery. Anyway. Um, with us today to talk about it is none other than Lord Dr. Robin Christofferson. Hey! Hello, Robin. Doctor's in the house. Doctor's in the house and I've got a applause button. I feel like I feel like I'm on one of those talk shows, you know? Well, you are. Well, it is actually a talk show, isn't it? Yeah. It's a tech anyway. show, honestly. <laughs> it's a tech talk show. Well, no, don't, don't say that. It's a talk show, honestly. Um, Did we mention that the AI lady went for a loo break for about 15 minutes the in the AD middle lady. of a very, very long <laughs> Yeah, not the uh, AI lady. The AI lady has been listening all day because the, the amount of times they use the A word, um, oh, my yes. device is going off all the time. Yeah. And it, not only that, they put together a little compilation of just saying the wake word. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, okay, so can we start with the big news? Breaking yeah, because, you know, Breaking I think we news. do have to mention the fact that we got not one, actually not one, but two accessibility features mentioned, and there was a blind person in there. Hey! hey! We love you, blind man. Dante. I feel I know Dante from somewhere. I've either interviewed Dante oh, or I've met Dante. Uh, something about this guy. I, I know this guy from somewhere. There's a blind man in something. Do you know him? 
Yes, I'm outraged <laughs> by that, but yes, probably. Well, <laughs> nothing to be outraged about, but yeah, um, so we'll get to that. Uh, but first, Robin, look, you're the guest, so tell me uh, initial thoughts of the Amazon event and, and what you felt about it yesterday. They covered an awful lot. So new hardware in various shapes and sizes and price ranges and the future promise of smarter, more conversational um, A-Lady performance. But we don't know when. So, and that's, yeah. that's at the heart of it, isn't it, really? It was about AI. And this is something which Sean and I had been ruminating on this. I like that word, ruminating. And it's eating, isn't it? What? It's what cows do, but yeah. Oh, yeah, do they? I'm sure we've had this conversation. I feel this is deja vu. We've had this conversation about this word before, I think. Um, and I think at the end, we came to the conclusion it wasn't the right word. But let's just say it is. Okay, He's a doctor. He knows. He, exactly. Chewing it, well, chewing doctors it over, know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Got you. It is the right word then. Well done. Um, anyway, yeah, we've figured that one out. You know, really, there should be some artificial intelligence in here, really. No concerns about this show. Um, but yeah, so... That was really the whole discussion was about generative AI and the fact that they are starting to work on it. We said, Sean, that we were talking about this Uh. in the lead up to this event. And you and I have been saying for a while, right, that, you know, maybe not this year. We're not going to see anything major, but we may see it next year. What we actually saw was them kind of laying out what would be the next generation of AI on, on Lady A, shall we call it? We did. Yes, I'm slightly... Slightly confused by this, I'll be honest, because they made a big deal about um, the Let's Talk feature, I'm calling it. And it was very impressive. It was just like having a chat with Call Annie or OpenAI, ChatGPT. You know, it was that very conversational. What really impressed me was the one person asked a question, tell me a story about balloons. And then before she had even started doing it, he, he then interrupted himself basically and said, actually, make it about jello. And it carried on that conversation. That sort of conversational AI is what I'm looking for all the time. But then towards the end of the event, and I sort of tuned out at this point, I always do at the end, I'm getting tired, I'm an old man. So when did they say this would be implemented then? It, 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 is this like it wasn't a case of you'll be able to use this at you know in a couple of days mm. when will we see this functionality actually appear but i don't think they said no which they didn't. is sad no that they makes didn't. me sad i, I yeah. think it, i think it's it's one of those things they don't want to necessarily put a date on yet but um, what's the point of all that that build up i mean they, they, surely it they, they didn't sort of they didn't really sort of explain that hey this is the future. You know, it, it was really played as this is what's happening now. We want, you know, the ambient AI and the ambient computing of these smart speakers or these smart devices. And yet towards the end, and I didn't really pick up on it, but I know you did, Robin. It was something like, obviously, this, this sort of technology can't you know, be made available straight away or something. Is that right? They were vague. They were very vague, but they were talking in terms of this is what we're working on. Let's show you where we've got to, not like, you know, um, the future. So it's it's definitely a working model. They did demos, very brave of them to do live demos in front of a really huge audience. Didn't go 100% successfully, but, you know, there you go, no, demo effect. That's um, the ADA. Yeah. Really liked the low latency 
it was really responsive. If anyone's used ChatGPT, uh, it's quite a sort of long delay, isn't it? Four or five seconds usually. Um, yes. This was a lot quicker than that, which is brilliant. It makes it feel a lot more conversational. Um, it's obviously working now. It's based on their own LLM, large language model. Um, you know, ChatGPT is an LLM, Bard is an LLM. So each big tech company is working on their own, which hopefully will be tailor-made to, you know, meet the requirements of the particular platform that they're using it on. In the case of uh, Amazon, they were talking about a lot of integrations and we may touch upon those, but, you know, the sort of thing that the A-Lady has done up till now needs to be built into this new generative smartness um, where, you know, she's much more conversational. Uh, you can get a lot more information out on ones on uh, echoes with a screen, the echo shows, it can create pictures for you. It can create music for you, but when will it come? They weren't clear were they, and we don't know whether it will work on existing devices either. I hope it will. They didn't say anything about on device smartness being required, did they? No, but the, and there was a little bit of ambiguity around this. I did ask the press people at the time, you know, what devices will the support? They kind of gave me the, well, full details to come, but, mm. you know, no firm dates or clarity on any devices supported. I would imagine we're talking probably the current generation of Echo devices and possibly the year before, but I'd be amazed if anything beyond that, since they have put a lot of work into these newer devices. So... I don't know. I mean, obviously, you've got other features and sensors like proximity sensor. We'll talk about the importance of that in a moment. But, you know, the fact that there are lots of new hardware built into these devices, which leads us to that point about hardware, because I thought we'd see lots of new stuff. Um, in the Echo Dot slash Echo Show lineup, we only got one, really, and that was the new Echo Show 8, which has got mm -hmm. some new features to it. Um, the proximity sensor is really the key here on this device because what it lets you do is if you're further away from the device, it will give you lesser information on screen. And I guess by the sounds of it, you know, say the clock is on screen as it often is on these devices, you know, that's, that clock would be larger so you can see it across the room. But as you move towards the device, that clock would get smaller and it would give you the date and perhaps the weather and maybe even a calendar view. You know, so you get more information the closer you are to. I think for us low vision and blind people, it's, <laughs> nose up against the screen, do you get, you know, I don't know, the, a, a picture of inside the universe? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that works. But that really was a major draw for that. There's a slightly new design, better audio. Although, in fairness, I always thought the Echo shows had good audio in them anyway. So They're quite beefy, aren't mm -hmm. they? There was a nice bit of bass to them. Yeah. yeah so. Spatial I audio. Spatial yeah. audio, a wider stereo field. Um, see, one of the things that was mentioned, I think you just brought this up before, actually, Stephen, was the um, look, every smart speaker is basically just a microphone and a connection to the internet, right? So you're sending your command to Amazon's computers and they're doing all the processing. So it makes me think, well, when it comes to generative AI or the LLM that they're using, shouldn't matter. I should be able to use a, you know, a dot two, for example. But they did mention that there was some on-device processing going on with the conversational aspect of AI. How do they know, how does the device know when you're talking to it rather than someone else in the room? And it mentioned that it was all down to the onboard sensors and the onboard um, computing, basically. Yeah, of course. Processing of those sensors. So, um, 
you know, like a, a camera. So I was thinking, well, okay, is this only for like a show device then? This wouldn't work with a dot. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but it uses those proximity sensors and the uh, the camera it was one it specifically mentioned to determine when you're talking to it rather than someone else. It can detect how many people's in the room and, and everything like that, I would have thought. So that's how it works with it knows when you're talking to it. So that makes me think, okay, now if that's an, an, an essential, if that's a necessity, that rules out earlier hardware. I would, I would really hate to get to a point where we move away from the dot-type device and it becomes screen-based. Because, well, I can see the, the value. Okay, so from an inclusive point of view, can totally see the value in that because obviously you're then including everyone. You have, you know, you're, you're able to connect with so many more people, right? You're able to make that device work for more people. But I would say for us as blind people, I don't get a lot out of devices with the screen. I feel that a lot of information is left on the screen for you to visually see and the yes. voice is kind of pointing you at that. So the weather today is cloudy, but actually on screen, there's a heck of a lot more, perhaps even by the hour, information about the weather that I'm not getting audibly. And I think that's something we need to think about is that, you know, to make it truly inclusive, the voice almost has to describe everything that's going on in the screen as this in the same way as you would with an Echo Dot. <laughs> I said this before, you know, what they should do is have like an Echo Dot mode Inside the Echo Show. Yeah, right? give us a second. Verbose yes. mode. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Completely agree. Yeah, if you have a, an Echo with a screen, be prepared to interact with it a lot and not to get nearly so much spoken feedback for free, like you were saying. It's not It's but, not in the conversational way, is it? That's yeah. the problem, isn't it? Yeah. You, you're having to interact with it. It's more like a touch screen or a smartphone, the way you have to navigate it. But they did also unveil another smart speaker in the, uh, the Pop for kids, the Kids Pop 2. Yeah, the pop's now, been out already, but yeah, the pop kids has, one, which is just the same, a second but a one, different skin. But this is just a speaker, right? It's not. There's no mm -hmm. screen on this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now they unveiled that one, and we we're talking about the conversational again, the AI uh, giving uh, easy to understand explanation for things for children. So that makes me think. Okay, then that must have the AI capabilities as well of the LLM. So, hmm, mm. don't know yet. Don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I want to mention some of these new accessibility features that came in. Uh, and, you know, and I will say that the video that featured uh, a blind guy called Dante and also a guy in a wheelchair, um, which was great and, and brilliant to hear about inclusion, I didn't really know what the purpose of that was other than just to say, hey, blind people and, and people who are disabled use this, which is a good message to put out there, of course. But I thought they might suddenly come up with a new specific feature for blind people and people in wheelchairs, but they didn't. Um, although they did come up with one well, called eye gaze. Well, yeah, but not for blind people. Nothing for us. Um, so no. eye gaze on Alexa. I didn't say it. Shh, didn't say it. Um, but uh, this is a new feature, which is to help people who have, um, you know, mobility or speech disabilities to help use Lady 8 with their eyes. So instead of using voice or touch, Eye gaze lets you basically side tracking gaze, yeah, gaze at the tablet to perform, uh, you know, various actions like play music and do whatever else, controlling smart home and all the rest. So that's quite cool. Um, Only available in early days on that one, and they said yeah, day they one didn't did. they use that? <laughs> yeah, it's going to start rolling out. Buggy. The information I've got here is it will start rolling out uh, at no additional cost, which I should hope not uh, later this year 
on Fire Max 11 tablets in the US, UK, Germany, and Japan. So an interesting mm. mix of countries there. Uh, no Canada. So, hmm. okay. Uh, also, call translation. Uh, this is where uh, your device can now uh, be captioned or your video, audio and video calls can be captioned in real time, allowing uh, call participants to communicate more effectively across languages. Uh, the feature also allows deaf and hard of hearing customers to communicate remotely more easily. The feature is supported on Echo Show devices and on the uh, Lady A mobile app in the US, Canada, Mexico, UK, Germany, France, Italy and Spain later this year in over 10 languages, including English, Spanish, French, German, and Portuguese, which is cool. They also say, uh, if you want to know more about uh, accessibility at Amazon, amazon.com slash accessibility. That's also .co.uk if you're in the UK. Um, But yeah, I mean, just really interesting to see that uh, more accessibility features coming out. Eyegaze is going to be a big deal for a lot of people, for sure. Absolutely. Very interested to see how small the kind of target areas in the on the tablet screen can be, you know, focused on with eye gaze because it's still the domain of very specialist software to get down to anywhere near a kind of a character level. Mm. Uh, so you know, relatively big tiles in the sort of smart home view, that kind of thing, but still really, really useful. Yeah, you're thinking of things like putting in a Wi-Fi password or something. That's going to be. Yeah, using the keyboard. Challenging. Yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of mentioned that you know, uh, for for features and functionality such as turning on or off smart devices and yeah. media control. So it kind of makes me think that it's not you know looking specifically at an icon and maybe blinking to activate it or something. Sounds like it's sort of a specific setup for eye gaze. You know what I mean? It's not like a system wide, but we don't know yet. <laughs> Um, on the hardware front as well, uh, we saw another device coming in. Now, it says that this will be coming out soon. Uh, I don't think there's a date on this yet. It's called the Echo Hub. So there was a lot of talk about, uh, we, we obviously had a lot about generative AI at the event, and that's something we kind of expected, I guess. I wasn't actually expecting as much on it, but there you go. Um but they also talked about how they're bringing generative AI into the home. So, and they talked about real life problems, things that I think we can all relate to. If you've ever bought a smart bulb or a smart plug and you've plugged it into the wall or you've screwed it into the light switch, or not the light switch, don't do that, uh, into the light That's wrong. fitting, um, <laughs> then, you know, you might find that it just appears as a device, but you don't really know what it is. You know, it could be, I don't know, TP-Link bulb 1008. And, you know, you have to try and figure out what it is and you've got, you know, all this kind of carry on. And I think that, you know, what's quite interesting about this is they're suggesting that we can eventually move away from that and it will just be like, okay, you've plugged a new light in the living room. So just tell Lady A, you know, turn on the new light in the living room and maybe even rename the new light in the living room to living room light. Or do you even need to do that anymore? Do you even need to know what the name is? And what it's work and, and this is the interesting bit. They're working with the various manufacturers, including companies like Philips with Philips Hue, to be able to almost tell them, right, don't don't tell us the names of the device, but give us a sense of what the device is. It's a bulb. It's a color-changing bulb. It's a dimmable bulb. It's a white, soft light bulb, you know, whatever it is. And then the the data from that device will go into that learning model, and then you can actually interact more easily with that device rather than saying, I need to know what that specific device is called, and I need to know exactly what to say in that skill to do the thing I wanted to do, which is dim the lights. 
you know, if you say dim the light and it doesn't know what the light is, you've got a problem. And th- this can apply across a whole wide range of different devices. So this, I think, is this is positive. It's sort of putting it that because each of these devices, let's say you buy a whole um, slew of light bulbs, smart light bulbs, right? And you change them all at once. You do the living room, all the living room. You know, it's saying turn on the new light. How is that going to work? The, all of them? Um, but the the naming that we currently have, like you said, you know, the manufacturer names with a series of numbers, each of those light bulbs have got to have a unique address and unique label there so you can the hardware itself can address them and so far it's been pushed in our faces and we're seeing that so now that's sort of being pushed to the back and being made much more user-friendly using this new way which is uh which is fantastic but the hub i understand the the attraction of a hub right it sounds so futuristic futuristic you know having this screen on in your hallway for example just like many of us have a burger alarm control panel or something mm-hmm. having something much more futuristic touch panel with you can control all your smart devices and turn on your security and off your security and even speak to it I'm not sure we're quite ready for that because for me the echo hub was exactly the same was it the show 10 and the 15 uh, were very the much 15. Yeah, 15, that's what I'm as thinking of. kind of a home uh, dashboard, as it were. But um, yeah, it's still really one. fiddly yeah, to set up. And you have to make sure that all your smart devices are put in certain groups so that you can control them together or so that it'll know where it is in the house, etc. So the more that the A-Lady, this kind of new conversational, smarter A-Lady can you know, have a discussion with you about where you know, this new device is, um, what does it do, that sort of thing to kind of get rid of all the complexity. But yeah, I've only got one smart home device, guys, which is a, a, a fan. Well, it's a smart plug with a dumb fan <laughs> plugged into it. So I, I'm, I have no experience of the nightmarish complexity of the smart home. Get off like the Sean's. show. Get out. <laughs> Unbelievable. One smart plug. And it doesn't work every time either. I think I've worked out. I've got like 47 <laughs> devices attached to my Wi-Fi at least. And and a lot of those are bulbs, right? A lot of it is those little recessed spotlight bulbs. Mm-hmm. That's mostly what it is. So you, you've got five of those in a room. Very quickly, that's going to add up, right? But um, it, it just is incredible to me. And the amount of hassle I have trying to set those up. And like you say, Robin, you know, having to set them into groups and the other, I mean, here's the key thing with all of this is going to be accessibility, you know, because they talked about this other new feature called Map View, which is coming later in the year. And the intention of Map View is that it kind of allows you to visually see the floors of your house and actually look around the house at the various, say you're looking at the the, the, the main floor and you've got the living room, you've got the kitchen, you've got maybe a bathroom or whatever. And then you are able to pinpoint that room and you would see all the devices sitting around the room. And there was even like, you do look at almost a mapping of the room and you'd map the house and all the devices in it. I, you know, I think there's a privacy question around this and they did address that. They said, look, you can actually delete the, the, the floor of your room if you want that. And of course, you don't have to map it entirely. You don't have to, you know, there's a lot of privacy concern, I think, around how much access we give companies to our personal lives. And I think that's another conversation for another day. But, you know, it, it does raise a few questions. But I think in an accessibility, uh, or for, from an accessibility point of view, 
I'm a little bit concerned about how that's going to work. I hope it'll be accessible, mm. but you know we've not exactly had uh, always the best experience from Amazon when it comes to accessibility. Does it matter, though? If, when we're, we're our primary way of interacting is audio, yeah. does it actually matter? I think it matters if we want to use this stuff, right? If we want to actually get the most out of it. I'm just not entirely sure what this is for, I'll be honest with you. I don't see the the use case for this. I'm kind of resigned to the fact that there's going to be a lot of visual stuff, probably more and more going forward. My hope, though, is that they don't abandon the voice-only interface, you know, and that Kids Pop 2 thing, you know, which, um, looking at the price, it's, it's $49.99 US. So one would hope that, I mean, that is more than an entry-level dot, for example. So maybe it does have to have some smarts for on-device processing with this new smart array lady. I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, I'm just hopeful, fingers crossed, because this is Amazon and not Apple that we're talking about here, mm-hmm. that they won't go in a direction that is not going to be good for us, you know, going forward. That this, you know, this new pop, screenless one, kind of like we were saying earlier, indicates that they're not giving up on the just the speaker format for us. Well, let's let's be fair here. They did make a, a huge emphasis on the you know text to speech with the the new voice, mm-hmm. the new natural sounding voice, which was very good as well. And uh, how about they um, you know they've streamlined the actual speech recognition model. Um, what do they call it? Speech to speech, I think. Yeah. You know, so it's converting this, uh, what we say to text and then sending that off and to a command and then back to a voice. Um, they've streamlined that model. So it does seem that they're still putting a lot. I mean, that is their bread and butter, isn't it? The whole, the whole speech aspect of it. Yeah, as long as they don't see that as being like um, an even nicer voice element to a system that has a lot of visual stuff that makes it even nicer still so yeah i mean let's yeah. hope that they don't lose track of the core kind of interface which is ambient computing you talk to the air you get results end of you know so let's hope they don't go down the kind of more visual oriented route however fancy and uh, interactive they make it in terms of other hardware uh, and you mentioned the echo kids pop which the echo pop has been out for a little while i'm not entirely sure where that sits in the whole family of Echo devices. I don't know if it's, it's considered higher or lower than the dot. Um, I don't know. Level. Yeah, it sounds as entry as level. Audio, yeah. Is it though? I mean, have you heard the sound? Because I've never heard or, or seen an Echo Pop yet. I'd, I'd actually like to get my hands on one to know what it's, what it's like in comparison to the dot. Only in how they ad, um, you know, advertise or kind of explain its, its audio chops, as it were. So, you know, we know the dot, the, it's like a cricket ball sized. This is that cut in half. Right. So it really is small, minimal. Um, they don't talk about it having, you know, lots of high-level audio quality. It's for kids. Uh, they also um, <laughs> so Fire TV got a bit of an update as well. Uh, new hardware, the Fire TV Stick 4K. All I heard during that presentation was Sean saying, "I'm not buying another one." I <laughs> know. I must have. I must have four or five of these things. <laughs> and every time I think this is it, they've got it right. It's going to be great. And then after about a month, it's like, okay. It's it's not for me. No, I'm not it's even going to ask it. you, Robin, because I know you don't even watch television, <laughs> so there's no point even asking you what, what you nothing think of a Fire TV stick. No. Yeah. Nothing with I pictures. Mean, <laughs> I'm interested, though, because it's this falling foul of what we were just talking about, which is that, you know, it's an inherently visual with some voice added on. Is that the inherent problem with the likes no, of no, the Fire no, TV? You know, the inherent problem for me is that it's always clunky. 
it always feels like it's trying to keep up with me when I'm um, clicking through that interface, through that home screen. Plus, it doesn't seem great in just showing me the content that I want to see. There's a lot of, you know, you may like this or even... Is there adverts on there? Something like that. Uh, it just, it, the interface for me is where it falls down and sometimes the performance. And I did, the last one I bought was the the Max, I think the 4K Max. Not the new one, obviously, but the previous gen. And uh, I was hoping for a, a bit more. And it's it, you know, it's okay, but I suppose I'm always coming back, and people are going to hate me for saying this, I always compare it to the Apple TV, but, which for me is a really nice experience to use. Well, from an accessibility point of view, that's the key because when you yes. bring voice view into this, um, voice view still feels very much, I mean, Amazon love to talk about day one, so I'll say day one. Uh, it feels a little bit day one to me when it comes to accessibility uh, in comparison to something like the Apple TV. Um, what I would say is that obviously you, you're talking there about the visual component. Of course, it's a TV stick, right? So there's obviously a, a visual component going to exist with that. But I think when it comes to the accessibility of that, I, I, I don't mind things being visual. I mean, I've seen a few people recently talking about, you know, how we shouldn't you know, get too excited. You know, journalists shouldn't get too excited about, you know, 60 hertz screens. And I think, hang on a minute, we, we can't deny other people the right to get excited about visuals just because we don't enjoy them because we can't use them. It doesn't mean other people can't get you know enjoyment out of it. I would never get upset if someone said, oh, I just got a new car. And I go, well, I can't drive. You know, Did I'm not you watch do TV that. last night? How yeah. dare you? How dare um, you? <laughs> <laughs> but see, guess, again, we're coming back though to the not everyone can enjoy visuals, even if you are you know, severely sight impaired. You know, yeah, yeah different. But, but as long as I can access the interface that gets me to the product. So if there's an audio yes. described show, yeah. like I'm watching Wilderness on Prime Video right now, it's a great series and it's audio described and it's brilliant and it's on there on Prime Video. Now I'm accessing it through the Apple TV, uh, so it's nice and easy and, and, and cool. But, you know, as long as if I've got the Fire TV stick and I can access that content, I mean, they were showing stuff on stage, like being able to ask questions. So like, you know, show me films with Bill Murray in it or I don't know, whatever. And then you would, it would show you all the movies. I wanted to say, show me the latest movies you've got featuring audio description. And I, what I wanted to say is, here you go, as opposed to, um, no idea what you're talking about. What's audio yes. description? We don't have any videos with audio in them. What are you never, talking about? Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm thinking though is, you know, obviously I'm not um, against people watching films and TV. Absolutely not. But Doesn't sound like it. When you're interacting with a device that has a built-in screen reader that you have to default to for a lot, you know, when you're asking, you know, what films are there with Brad Pitt in, I don't know where I got that name from, but anyway, you know, whoever well it is, your, yeah, insert favourite film. <laughs> insert actor here. Yeah. Um, and it just comes up on the screen and then you're manually interacting using voice view. That's what I mean, really, versus mm. a kind of voice, primarily voice-driven interface where it's kind of more of an eyes-free experience. And that's the difference to me between uh, an Echo no, dog right. or whatever and a, and a show. So. Let, let me hold you there because we've got to take a quick break. We'll come back. Robin, can you hang around? Because we'd yep. love to talk more about this. Stay there. We'll come back. We'll talk more about all this. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air and on Mastodon at Double Tap. We're talking about the Amazon event today, and it's interesting because obviously so many new bits of hardware coming out, a lot of hardware I was expecting that never turned up, so we'll get to that. But, you know, the Fire TV Stick is what we're talking about. I want to also uh, mention the Fire TV Stick 4K Max, 
I love that they trashed a product in like a second. So they brought out the Fire TV Stick 4K, right? And then they said, hey, we got the Fire TV Stick 4K Max, the best Fire Stick we've ever made. It's like, so that thing you just announced a minute ago is what, just trash? Do we just not this even bother? This one's more better, yes. Do you know what? I think what Amazon <laughs> did was actually very smart in that because they've reduced the number of returns they will have because they avoided people buying it. So there you go. Problem solved. Just buy the Max. Well done. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I interrupted you before the break. You were going to pick up on Robin said something. I, I was said. just going to say, uh, yeah, you're right with the sort of screen reader. It almost feels bolted on uh, to the visual interface on the Fire TV stick. But the um, the speech control via Lady A, oh, I nearly said it, via Lady A, is actually not bad. You know, you can say play, I often, what was the last thing I watched? Play The Office US on my TV and it turns my TV on and it starts playing it. Um, So the actual, and you can say pause and stop and whatever else. So the Mm. actual um, smart speaker side of integration, once you link that Fire TV up to your smart speaker, it's not bad. And with this extra LLM, it could be impressive. Mm. And one other product, which I don't think we're going to get in the UK. I mean, I have to say, two things that came out of that event for me was uh, coming soon, with no date in the future ever to be mentioned, and US only. Those were the two takeaways I got a lot of from <laughs> the Amazon going, event. Oh, this sounds so cool. And then it was mm. Rob, Robin US. and I, you were okay about it, but Robin and I were really excited when they mentioned Echo Frames. That kind of woke <gasps> me up. I was like, oh, wow, Echo yes. Frames. And in seven different styles, they had a special version from some company I've never heard of. And it was like, okay, cool. And then they said US only. So that's that. 269 US, by the way, if you're interested, that's the starting price of the Echo Frames. Better audio, um, more open ear audio, which basically means they fire that audio into your head, um, but, you know, hopefully not into other people's heads. That's the aim. That's the technical explanation of yeah, how do you work in marketing work. yes yeah. absolutely uh well i did until a minute ago um but yeah that sounded great but uh i think you're stuck with your bose is it tempo you're using just now i love them yeah but they're not cheap either no multi-point no. pairing which i think is really cool you don't have to unpair and pair each time you want to yeah have a new device you know used with those frames they sound so good and they've got the a lady built in so why us only what's that all about it was the same when it came out the first time round. I remember it was US only, but I remember at the time it was seen as a day one product. So they were doing that thing where, remember, they, they brought out like that, they brought out the Echo Ring, they bought out the Echo, I think the Echo Auto came out at first as a US only I think day one was, product. Yeah. And then eventually that started to get rolled out. I think I have a feeling that next year they'll probably roll that out, maybe even sooner. They may roll it out across other parts of the world, but it's saying US only for now. The only thing I can think of is, you know, <laughs> Let's just say the EU likes to get involved in a few things, so maybe there's a little bit of regulation issues going on, <laughs> regulatory stuff. I don't know. What do you think it could be that, or just purely about the amount of sales they're expecting? Because let's be honest, how popular are audio glasses in the mainstream? I mean, we get very excited mm, about that, but question. how many do the average bloke in the street get excited by audio sunglasses at that price? Well, Lady A glasses, though, as well. It's not just mm-hmm. you know, it's not just yeah, a pair of glasses. I mean, you're getting that it's Lady like A functionality, 50 bucks, right? Hmm. Mm, don't know. Another product I uh, thought might uh, make it over here, but I, in my UK press release that I've got here, it, it's not featured. So I guess that's not happening. Uh-oh. Is the soundbar? There was a Fire TV soundbar announced, and uh, I was quite excited about that. But I think I can just go whistle for it. 
Um, so that's not going to happen, I don't think. But yeah, if you're in the US, again, you can get a Fire TV soundbar, which is Bluetooth enabled, and will pair. It doesn't say with anything else, but it certainly will pair with your Fire TV stick. Um, that's the thing for me. I'd want it to be universally connectable. If, if it's Bluetooth, though, it can surely connect with any TV. Well, yeah, I don't know. I got a terrible sinking feeling that it may be purely for the Fire TV stick and any well, output from that. I have to say, usually Bluetooth soundbars do have a bit of a sinking problem themselves, so you might be mm. right we'll in two senses. See, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, uh, are we excited about this? Fire HD 10. Now, they mentioned on stage that there's a new kids edition and a kids pro edition. Uh, so the idea is that the Fire HD 10 kids is designed for three to seven year olds. Three to seven with a tablet, okay. Um, not, not in my day. Um, kids and also, today. I know, with all their toys. <laughs> That's all they want for Christmas now. And um, a lump of coal. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> and an orange, if you were lucky. Uh, 25% faster than the previous generation with uh, 1080p full HD display, 3 gig of RAM, 5 megapixel cameras, and up to 13 hours of battery life. Uh, splash proof or toilet proof because there's not often a problem with kids and love to throw them around toilet um, proof that is the well, first time I've the ever heard that in the bath I don't know <laughs> toilet um, proof toilet proof yeah I think okay. toilet proof should be a thing and uh, the Fire HD 10 Kids Pro <laughs> is aimed at 6 to 12 year olds um, again 10.1 inch same stats I think across most of it um, although I did say in the announcement it was going to be more uh, powerful I don't know what the pro element is. Maybe it's the content itself that's perhaps more age appropriate. I don't know. Um, mm. But they also announced, and they didn't do this on stage, but they did announce the next generation Fire HD 10 for adults. Um, don't Why? get too excited, Sean. Uh, brings more speed, a lighter design, an upgraded front camera, and better battery life. So 10.1 again. Uh, in fact, same stats all across, actually. Um, I'm not buying one. Oh, hang on. It comes back. in black, lilac, and four. ocean. So there you go. Is that not enough oh. for you? Uh, okay. That Tablets, there's a market for it, but sadly it isn't me. Um, yeah. And Robin, I think this one's for you, actually. Mm. Um, although, in fairness, knowing the state of Sean's Wi-Fi, this might be more for him. Uh, so they're bringing out a new Aero Max uh, 7, they're calling this. Aero Max. Aero is, of course, the brand name of their uh, internet um routers and also mesh networks as well mm -hmm. so they're bringing this out uh this is a costly 599 us it starts um so they're saying it's an entirely new class of euro but without compromise uh it's amazon's Ooh. first wi-fi 7 mesh system i didn't even know we we're up that far but they 100 gigabit yeah 100 is gig. It? wow over wi-fi yeah i mean i'm a massive massive fan of Eero. um I persuaded someone in Canada to buy one for me because um, you, you could only register what? them with a Canadian mobile phone number. Oh, that's right when they came out, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought right. you were doing um, some sort of scam. And mine's been rock <laughs> You can buy solid. a VPN if you want to be in Canada, right? <laughs> Ever since. So, yeah, absolutely love them. And when Amazon bought them, obviously, now when you buy them, they come predefined with your, you know, set up with your Wi-Fi credentials and that sort of thing. So, yeah, all over Eero absolutely brilliant and um i can just imagine that this is you know more of the same but better the, the key i'm here, really interested in this yeah I, I can see why because there's lots of things in this i mean first off the, the key thing they're aiming for is a better mesh networking system and also really important actually 
with the capability to avoid interference from neighbouring networks. Now, bear in mind, this is not just for the home. They are selling this into business as well. And they talked about, what was it, densely packed offices with lots of machines which may have issue connecting to the internet. They even said something I've never heard before, which is that they would expect to get the same speeds and you know solid connection as you would with a wired connection over wireless. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Um, well, that speed, if we're talking 100 gigabits, that's 10 gigabytes a second over Wi-Fi. Yeah, that well, is 10 gigabit speed. Ethernet it can support as well. So I mean, your devices would have to be wireless oh, yeah. 7 protocol enabled, just like with wireless 6, you know, at the moment. So, yeah, depends and on the device. And to get 10 gigabit, you'd have to have that. But in saying that, yeah. there are places now that are up to, I think in Montreal, they're up to 3 gigabits. Um, so, you know, it's moving yeah, on. There's still, I mean, the connection between your home network, between computers, or if I want to send something from my laptop in here to the laptop in the house. Yeah, There's still an advantage to be had, even if your internet connection to the outside world isn't that fast. True. Yeah. Um, and, and while we're talking hardware, just I'll, I'll briefly mention as well some of the other things that came out. Of course, new cameras as well. So Blink is uh, another of the brands from Amazon. You would have heard of Ring, of course. I thought we'd get some new Ring hardware, but no, we got none of that. Instead, we got new Blink cameras, and there's a new Blink hub as well. What was it called? Blink Sync? Um, Blink Sync hub, I believe it was two, but I, I, that one's already out. I, I've got the original one, and I love these. The app is very accessible, at least the last time I used it. Oh, really? It was, yeah, yeah, very, very good. Um, now, the only thing was that you have this hub in, you need to plug in your house, but the cameras connect through Wi-Fi to your hub. And that connection was always a little bit, mm, okay, sometimes it was a little bit slow. Um, but with the Sync 2, uh, that's the one actually, the generation before this next one, you had the ability to add a hard drive to that Sync and record the video and store oh, wow. it there, rather than having to stream out to the cloud uh, with Blink servers. You can actually store it locally, which was actually really cool. That is interesting, actually, yeah. I mean, the, the data, again, is the question, right? What do we do? What are we doing with our data? How much are we handing over? Of course, if you're keeping yeah. that data on a cloud server as well, you can you know, obviously ask your own questions about that. But um, yeah, I must say, I, I, I do like the sound of these. It also comes apparently, or you can buy extra batteries that will give it up to, was it three years life or four years Four years. Year. See, now I took my, my cameras down a year ago to change the batteries. I haven't put them back up yet. But um, yes, <laughs> it, it simply takes, I think, two or four uh, AA batteries, just your standard household batteries. And... Um, they lasted a long time. We're talking a good few months, six months maybe on mine. Um, so four years, I can actually see that being possible with a, a big wow. enough battery pack. And they did call out privacy, data privacy, didn't they? In the you know, they said you yeah. need to be able to trust us. We will you know look after your data. It is going up to the cloud, but you know don't worry, <laughs> we'll we've got you covered. So yeah, they Honest. realize that it's a yeah concern. I think that's always going to be a concern, though, and I don't think it really matters which. I mean, you know, let's be honest about it. You could have a situation where a company is owned by, you know, or run by a very decent person who has all the right intentions, and, you know, then someone else comes in and it all changes. I mean, things can happen, right? I'm not saying that would happen, but 
you know, you have to be realistic about this. I think as, as much as possible, we have to be aware of our data. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is uh, subscriptions, because there seems to be a move towards, there was one particular, I'm trying to remember what it was, and there was one that came up that I thought, really? We're charging a subscription for that? I think it was to yes. do with kids, or was it the kids thing, or like a kids protect, or... It was the photos, wasn't it? That was it, yes. So they were doing a thing where you could put your photos onto the Echo. It was a specific Echo Show 8. You would buy this particular one. I don't know what's different about it to the others, but you'd buy this particular Echo Show 8 and you could have this extra feature for $5 a month that would allow you to put your pictures on it. Um, Well, to be fair, I mean, that's how they, they did actually say it. But when you you think about it, they did say uh, you get 20, I don't know, let's say 25 gig, I, I can't actually remember the number, of storage space for your photo. So it's not unlike paying for iCloud or Amazon Photos anyway, if you're big into your photos or videos. That's odd, though, because, you know, we use our shows in this house for slideshows. That's something that's built in already. And just take anything from your camera roll, upload it to Amazon Photos, and it's available. And you can just say, show me my slides, or you can, or show me my photos, or in the settings for that particular device, you can, you know, say after 20 minutes of inactivity, go to my photos anyway. Mm. So I'm not sure what this would do over and above, unless it's like, a subscription service that you can share with other family members. Uh, I don't know, because there is a family aspect to um, the Echo Amazon ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but there are subscriptions with Echo um, Kids Plus, isn't there? Which um, it just felt a bit weird that you'd need to have a subscription to unlock kids services. You'd expect it to be the other way around, if anything. But yeah, yeah that, they, that's a subscription thing. Right I mean, I can understand. Well. I can understand if you're paying for content, like you know, if you think about Prime Video or, or kids shows or whatever. I can it's understand like related stuff. Yeah, I mean, I can understand yeah. that to a degree because you're paying for the content. That's fair enough. But if I'm paying to put my own pictures on a screen, <laughs> uh, you were you were telling us during the event. I don't know if this is something we can talk about, but you know, it was a skill you were telling me about that. Yeah, you can I do should this do with a demo. Box. There's three skills by the same. Um, developer soundstream i'm not sure if we've talked about that before but i'll definitely demo that oh yeah i've heard of that one and then there's two more there's one called my slides and another called my videos and they need a show an echo show um but that just needs a dropbox account uh you link it to the skill and then it will create some folders for you and you can just drop anything you like in there so yeah i'll, I'll cover that for you guys but i love those skills and that's a way to get a lot of your own content up into your own Echo wow. Shows free of charge. It's, I agree with you. Amazing developer. I love SoundStream. I've been using that for years and it works yeah. so well for playing. Now, there is a subscription version with that's that, just what which I was is say. unlimited storage. But mm. yeah, you get a really good amount of storage free of charge anyway. Number of files, etc. Okay. Um, that sounds interesting. And we should also say, um, you know, the wonderful dot to dot podcast, which uh, you should go and subscribe to immediately if you haven't already. Uh, Echo Show on a bit of a hiatus at the moment, you two. You, uh, you, you... Well, we're waiting for the next gen. It's going to be the Echo Show, the next generation. The AI, AI, get, AI version. When the AI comes available. Like Star Trek, TNG. Yes. <laughs> Is that like, are you going to host that? Robin just interviewing her the whole time. Just be, she'll be, she'll be a co-host. Talk. That's right. Yeah. Well, my echo will interview Sean's echo. 
and the banter <laughs> we'll will be back. much better. Do you know what? Chuck, chuck a HomePod in there, a Google Home or whatever they call it this week. Uh, chuck all that in, and you know, let's see what happens. This could be a lot of fun. I think there's a you know you know that's a video that's just waiting for someone to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's going to happen. So overall, okay. So look, I think it's fair to say this was about you know bring the bringing together of the smart home. That's certainly the the end result was a video that showed you know how the various devices around the home can connect together. So, you know, you can control your light, you can control your smart vacuum, you can do all that stuff. And, you know, routines can be a big part of this as well. But also just, you know, it'll it'll become more part of the family in an easier to use way. And they were they were they were very strong on this easy to use. And I think that's something that, you know, I think that <laughs> Amazon's version of easy to use might not be most people's e- version of easy to use. So I'll be interested to see how that becomes in reality. But I was certainly impressed uh, overall, I think. Um, certainly, you know, I feel that Amazon have really grown. Uh, I remember in the years, maybe not so much last year, but certainly the years before that, you would get these like 100 devices. I think one year was at 56 devices we had. Yes, yes. And it all just felt a little bit like they were just chucking stuff against the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> Whereas this time around, they're seeming to be a bit more sensible about their approach. And and thankfully for all of us, clearly, and I know that this was an issue, I remember we talked about it quite a bit last year, was the fear around the demise of Lady A. It seems as if that's clearly not the case, that, that Lady A is very much alive and well and uh, getting smarter by the minute. So that was my takeaway. Robin, what was yours? Hooray. Yeah, it sounded like um, they're leaning into it. Generative AI, I'm so pleased that they have something to say in this department, even if it's not out in, I don't know, when, when will it come? You know, but I'm pretty confident that our A-ladies are going to get smarter and smarter, more and more useful, easier to use. And, you know, we'll, we'll see it in months rather than, you know, like Q3 next year or something. And hopefully it'll come to our devices. So yeah, I'm really excited. I thought it was great. I agree. I really wish they would open this up instead of making it invite only. I think this was a great event, um, really, really, really up there with the others, actually. And I really enjoyed it. I, I am. I think we were both right, Stephen, you know, because we said we don't think AI is quite, they're quite ready for AI, but we mm-hmm. think they're going to talk about it. And they absolutely did. And I was really excited when it first came on because it did sound like, okay, this will be out next week, but we don't know. But um, some of the things I was really excited about was the ability to add commands together. So one day thing they did there was turn the TV on, turn the cooker to 400 degrees and turn the lights on in the patio and turn the TV on for the game. And all in one sentence. That alone is a big leap forward. So I'm excited. Yeah. Smarter and getting smarter. Yeah. That, that was the takeaway from me as well. Um, yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll see what happens. Of course, we get new toys uh, as well, so we'll see about that. I I am keen to try out this FireMax 11 tablet. I mean, I don't think I've got much of a use for it personally. But again, I I feel I always see this every time they bring out something new that's got voice view in it. Maybe voice view will just be that little bit faster, that little bit more responsive. It might just be a bit, you know, and and I would imagine with the Max 11, and and I should, I think I did say this, but eye gaze uh, will be only on that particular device on the Fire Max 11 mm. tablet. So clearly it's got the power in it to handle all this. Um, and it, and it's interesting because, of course, we saw the news that Panos Panay is leaving Microsoft. Uh, he was in charge of the surfaces, or surface division, I Sci-fi. guess, or the devices division, if you like, of Microsoft. And uh, he's gone off to Amazon. 
Now, clearly, Robin, I know you follow Microsoft a lot, and we're going to talk more about Windows tomorrow. I'm hoping you'll come back on tomorrow with us because I'd love to talk to you about what's been going on at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So if you're up for it, please do. Um, but I, I think there's something in this because Panos Pinay going there, I wonder if that marks a move at least in maybe his mind, of making the products that Amazon sells a little bit less, um, I don't want to say cheap because they're not cheap. That's unfair. But, you know, maybe think a bit more about the quality of the product they're selling, uh, physical quality, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. He's a product guy. Premium, um, let's say premium. <laughs> yeah. He's a um, double-edged sword, really. So some people think that he's um, really done great things for hardware on Mike in Microsoft and other people think that he pushed too hard on the software that went with those devices and we ended up with things like the duo um and the neo etc that didn't really go anywhere so mm. yeah i mean but i mean amazon they're really up for experimentation like you were saying and so he'd probably be in his element there um given free reign Well, that'll be interesting. And yes, we are, of course, going to talk about the Microsoft event tomorrow, expecting new hardware. Well, we're talking about it tomorrow. It's happening today, but we'll be uh, talking about it on tomorrow's show. So uh, check us out and we'll check us out and we'll uh, talk about that. Yeah, I know that can go. That's a a funny little phrase, isn't it? That can mean two very different things just in the way you say it. Um, So we're going to talk about Microsoft. We'll talk about maybe Windows 12, maybe uh, Maybe. new Surface devices, although... Rumours are flying around that we're not going to get much in the way of that. So who knows? We'll see. Um, anyway, all that on tomorrow's show. I want to mention two other things before we go. Um, Neuralink have just announced that the recruitment is open for their very first in-human clinical trial. Now, we talked about Neuralink end of the year, last year, and a bit at the beginning of the year as well. And they announced that if you have a quadriplegia due to cervical spinal cord injury, or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or ALS, you might qualify. So that's interesting. Or is it? Will I read you what Elon Musk has tweeted? Yes. So he says, The first human patient will soon receive a Neuralink device. This ultimately has the potential to restore full body movement. In the long term, Neuralink hopes to play a role in AI risk, civilizational risk reduction, by improving human-to-AI and human-to-human bandwidth by several orders of magnitude. Imagine if Stephen Hawking had this. Cyborg. Honestly, I'm, I am excited by this. Mm. Yeah, ALS, yeah. it's also known as MND, mm. um, and it's a hugely debilitating, progressive thing. So if I had that, I'd like to think I'd be up for it. I, I just worry about the, you know, it's all very much potential. This has potential. Potential for me is the key word. I just know, you know, there's so many times when people are looking at, at possible eye treatments that hopes can be raised with uh, probably not the correct expectations. So uh, absolutely, this research should be going on and it's very exciting. I'm not sure it'd be quite as promoted as it is right now. Are we ignoring the message and focusing on the messenger? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't, any of these, you know, the potential here to restore functionality always makes me a little bit nervous because a lot of people are looking for this, rightly so. And I just think it's sometimes it's a little bit of false promise or false hope. I'm not asking either of you this question, but I did ask a friend of mine this question uh, in, a, in a topic or relating to this Neuralink story. 
a while back and uh, I said, if the COVID vaccine had been invented by Elon Musk's company, would you have taken it? And um, he couldn't answer. He hadn't. He didn't have an answer for that one. He said, I don't know is the short answer to it. Um, Neither have we. We're not Yeah, exactly. I'm not asking it. I'm not asking that question. But I I just think it's an interesting point or interesting thought to to leave us on. Anyway, uh, that aside, one other quick thing to mention. Uh, The microspeak. We talked about the little dictaphone, the uh, microspeak, the nice little cheap one. Dead and buried. Gone. Finished. I thought it had. Not available anymore. What a shame. Such a shame. Uh, We've got some note from uh, the AT guys and also from uh, various other listeners who got in touch. So thank you for letting me know. But yeah, unavailable in the States. I checked on Amazon here in the UK, not available. And I thought at least there'd be one or two lying around. But eBay? Nope. Maybe eBay, yeah. Maybe. But, uh, not available anymore to buy new, sadly. The company apparently went under during COVID or during the pandemic. So it's a shame. Real shame. We don't have a easily, you know, accessible dictaphone. Um, or Unless you know different, get in touch. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. <laughs> Robin, thanks so much for coming on. Join us again tomorrow. We'll talk Microsoft, okay? Thank you. That's it for today. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.